I'm Tavis Smiley. I'm delighted to have you with us in this hour. Two conversations on the B side of this hour. Uh, a career first for me. Uh, I have never interviewed anyone with the first name spelled T-A-V-I-S. I thought I was the only one. Um, there's another. <laughs> I'll introduce you uh, to the other T-A-V-I-S on the B side of this hour, but I'm delighted and pleased to start this hour with the two-time Super Bowl champion, three-time Pro Bowler, first-round draft pick, and Jim Thorpe Award recipient Malcolm Jenkins, of the Philadelphia Eagles. He knows a thing or two about winning. He joins us at the top of this hour to discuss his new book, What Winners Won't Tell You. That title got my attention. What Winners Won't Tell You. Malcolm Jenkins, good to have you on. How are you, sir? I'm doing amazing. I appreciate you having me. Man, it's my great delight to have you. Thank you for the time and uh, thank you for, for the book. Uh, that title jumped out at me, What Winners Won't Tell You. Why don't you unpack the title for me first? Yeah, what winners usually don't tell you uh, is the journey. Right, we see the the finished product. We see them, you know, getting getting their their trophies or their their medals. But you know, oftentimes they don't talk about the the failures, the pain, the pressure, the doubt, um, and the process that they've they've taken to make themselves you know winners, especially consistently. Yep. And I know myself, I've, I've been somebody that's had a lot of success, um, but that's not really you know the totality of my story. So when I when I looked at how I wanted to I write my own memoir and tell my story. I wanted it to, to include everything, um, the, the things that people have seen so far and, and you know, the, the shadow side of that as well. Yep. So wh- wh- why do you think winners um, hide that? Um, and I'm, I'm thinking about this question in part because um, on the occasion of my 20th anniversary in the media years ago, a decade ago now, um, I was asked to write another book and they wanted me to write a book about some of the major moments in my career. Uh, and what I decided to do, Malcolm, instead was to write a book um, called Fail Up. And what I did was to write a book about 20 major moments in my career, but they were the 20 worst mistakes I had made and the lessons I'd learned from those mistakes. And so we called the book Fail Up. So I went the exact opposite direction because I feel the same way you feel, that when people see you in the winner's circle, they don't understand all the stuff you had to go through to get there. They see, somebody said, they see your glory, but they don't understand the backstory. The question is, why then do you think winners want to hide that part of the story? Yeah, I think it's, we get we get really good at showing the best version of ourselves, either out of necessity or out of vanity. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I even talk about it in the book, you know, struggling with being at the forefront of all of these things and not wanting to show weakness um, because you've got people that look up to you. You've got a family that's dependent on you. You know, you don't want to be in a place where you look dependent um, and just being humbled enough by life, by things getting hard enough where I had to ask for help and struggling with, you know, mental health and things like that. So I think it's important you know, that that is part of the example, um, because there aren't many um, black men, especially out there that are that show up fully vulnerable. Mm. Um, And I know that people are following, you know, my example. So it would would be a disservice to those behind me to only show them the successes, knowing that they're going to try to navigate what I just went through. (laughs) And I just went through a bunch of landmines, you know, So (laughs) I think it's it's important for us to to showcase that that in the entirety of, of the human experience, the the journey that we take, uh, because that is usually one of the driving factors of that success. Is the it's the trials, it's the tribulations, yeah. it's the the failures that teach you how to win. You said two things I want to interrogate right quick: um, vulnerability and mental health. Let me start with the latter. Um, tell me about uh, what uh, what readers are going to see. 
when they get inside the text uh, with regard to mental health, because again, you've been you've been pretty straightforward about that, and most folk of your stature, they don't want to they don't want to be public about stuff like that. Yeah, I talk about you know this this concept. We need to check on the strong friends, right? Like I'm that strong friend that everybody calls when they've got you know issues or they need solutions, and you know I find myself at the forefront of a lot of uh, movements, companies, my family, and I talk about how the year where everybody would probably assume that it was the best year of my life. I'm going on to win a Super Bowl was one of the most challenging years mm-hmm. in a year in which I was I was specifically contemplating suicide because of my anxiety um, and, and depression that I was dealing with. And so it, it's, it's really, you know, that's one of the things that I want people to, to see. I've gotten a lot of calls from, from friends that, that are like, man, I wish I checked on you more. I wish I would ask questions when I saw you going through this, you seem so poised, you seem so in control. Uh, and it's really important, I think, for us to start that dialogue on just, hey, checking on your stronger friends that we're all kind of going through something, even if they look like they got it all together you'll see how i had to really pull on some um or ask for help and and try to help myself navigate um dealing with battles of anxiety as i said uh, malcolm jenkins knows a little something something about winning two-time super bowl champion uh with the eagles uh his new book his memoir is called what winners won't tell you um i want to come to this notion of vulnerability that he raised a moment ago because that um that's worth interrogating uh we're talking to malcolm jenkins on tavis smiling more of Tavis Smiley when we come forward. Smart talk for curious people just like you. You're listening to Tavis Smiley. Smiley. Tavis Smiley is going to get in trouble because uh, he keeps saying the Philadelphia Eagles um, because that's what comes to mind immediately for me. But uh, as uh, you Malcolm Jenkins fans know, uh, he helped not one but two teams win. Uh, their only Super Bowls, that would be the Eagles and the Saints. And I should uh, have said that more quickly, given that I'm heard in both New Orleans and Philadelphia. So I don't want to get cussed out by either city. Uh, Malcolm, let me just ask right quick, what, what, how, how unique is that? How did that feel to help two teams win their only Super Bowls? Oh, it was, I mean, it's amazing, you know, to really be etched in the history of not only just the franchises, but the city, mm-hmm. uh, the both cities, you know, the first one I was, you know, a young player is my first year in the league yeah. and I took that ride and I saw just, you know, how much that meant to the city of New Orleans, especially, you know, a few short years after Hurricane Katrina and just how it really galvanized that city. Um, and then I move on to Philadelphia and as a team captain, I get to kind of plant that vision and that that seed in that team and, and lead it, help lead it to its first Super Bowl championship and, and re-experience uh, <laughs> that again in a new city, the same way, you know, both cities are passionate fan bases that love their football team. So it's a definitely unique um, and special experience that I got to partake in. No, that is cool, man. Every time I think about that, you had two teams both win their first one. That's a, that's a big deal. Um, you, you were talking earlier about vulnerability, and I want to come back to that because, again, uh, we don't often hear black men talk about mental health. And you're very open in this book, uh, What Winners Won't Tell You. Um, you're very transparent in it, talking about the fact, as you mentioned earlier, that you, uh, in what many would see on the outside as perhaps one of the best years of your life, you were struggling with uh, some anxiety issues and actually considering suicide. And so I, I just love the transparency in your text, uh, in your memoir. But you also mentioned a moment ago, again, this issue of vulnerability. Now, what have you learned about being vulnerable, specifically uh, as a black man? 
Yeah, I think it allows you to grow. You know, I think a lot. It, most of it is fear, right? Fear that uh, we won't be respected. Fear that somebody will hurt us. Um, and so we grow up, kind of, you know, protecting ourselves from the environment, and that 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 helps until you start trying to do things that are bigger than you. Um, and because you know, all of a sudden you need to ask for help. You need to be able to communicate and collaborate. And all of a sudden, you don't have those skills because you've been shutting them off your whole life. So I think it's, you know, it's one of those things that eventually we all need to, you know, we're on a journey, we're on an evolution. And part of that evolution is going to be, you know, opening yourself up to experience new things, to learn new things, to meet different types of people and learn information. Um, you know, and, and my dad always, I talk about it a lot. My dad always told me, you don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. And for me, that just you have to be humble enough to to maybe to assume that there may be something that you you know don't know. There's a room for growth, a room for improvement, and that and being humble enough to accept that you know you lean into this idea that you know you need to be vulnerable enough to find that out and search for that. So I think it's a uh, it's pertinent for the conversation right now about masculinity, about mm-hmm. what it means to be a black man. And, and how that looks, I think we're we're moving beyond the protect and provide narrative and and there needs to be a more robust conversation around masculinity and hopefully uh my example um you know adds a little bit of context to that conversation yep you do, you do talk a lot about this in the book. Tell me more about your father yeah, my father is is you know somebody who grew up uh his parents separated. But it's, it's very much instilled in me this tribe mentality that, you know, it takes a village to raise a child. He is the first person that laid the foundation of what it looks like to not only love on your family, but love on your community. Uh, he'd make us clean up the neighborhood and, and was always teaching us that you're responsible for home. He signed up a bunch of kids in the uh, neighborhood for football, showed us how to play, taught us all the rules, and and just that little bit of... Uh, influence that he had on one little neighborhood block produced three NFL football players, mm. um, myself included. And and so, you know, he's the first person I can look at and say, well, if I just, if I just focus on the sphere of influence that I have and pour into that, you know, who knows what that turns into the seeds that you plant now produce fruit later. Uh, and so, you know, he's somebody that, that definitely was the first version of that vision. Yeah. Um, I said earlier uh, in this book, you are so um, uh, transparent. Um, it's, it's vivid. Um, and, and that is that is a trick under itself uh, to decide um, at a particular point in your life that you want to be that transparent about your life story. Um, how did you come to that? And it was it was that a journey? Did you, did you have to wrestle to come to that conclusion that you wanted to be this open in this book? What winners won't tell you? Yeah, I think, you know, when you're in a public light, uh, especially as an athlete, your story is going to get told regardless mm-hmm. of how you want it. Right? People <laughs> write, about you, write about you every day. Yeah. Um, and and we've built up, I know I've built up enough, you know, kind of tough skin or thick skin to to endure listening to other people's version of you. Yeah. But as I started thinking about my daughters and, and now stepping away from the game and what I, how I want my story to be viewed – you realize that that's another part of it. Like you have to own your own story and narrative. Nobody can tell your story like you. Um, and so I, I embraced it. It was fun. It was kind of like the, the closing, you know, <laughs> action of 
my 13 year career. I couldn't mm-hmm. just walk away without contextualizing what that even meant for me. So um, it's very personal, but, but I think it's, it's again, it's kind of, it's like the credits <laughs> yeah. uh, or the, the artist telling you about their work or explaining their work after they're done with it. Yep. What, what have you learned um, over the course of your life and certainly your 13 year career about being defined by others? You sort of teed this up for me and I want to come to it a little more expressly because you're right as an athlete, uh, perhaps more than most um, athletes come to mind, politicians come to mind, artists come to mind that you're, you're doing your best to, to, to define yourself, but you're in a space where sports writers and journalists and even fans, I mean, all of us have our own way of defining Malcolm Jenkins or any other person of your, of your stature and your ilk. What have you learned over the years about, uh, about being defined by others and perhaps even resisting that? Yeah, I, I think I, a lot of my unhappiness and anxieties was, were spawned from trying to please everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I was, I am very much a people pleaser. My parents tell me all the time, like they, I would, it was more effective telling me that they were disappointed in me than I was uh, in <laughs> Right? So I'm, a, I'm one of those kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That <laughs> that, know, that does work. So that does work to, well, man. Yeah. Yeah, I've had to fight that though, you know, and and really start to define for myself and meditate, you know, constantly on what my own standards for winning is. Mm-hmm. What my I only I know what what if that was my best effort or not. Only I know if I really put in a preparation or mm-hmm. not. Um, and so therefore I had to start defining what success is for me, what winning is for me. And that's the thing that, you know, most winners don't tell you is that it's really not in the result of the game that defines you as a winner or not. That's mm-hmm. for everybody else to tell who won the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's the, the way you win is how you prepare and how you play the game. It's the mm-hmm. act of playing and constantly being in the moment, constantly trying to get better. So wins and losses become just part of the overall narrative. You are always playing <laughs> and that's really when i arrived at that point you know it made things so much more enjoyable it allowed me to stay in the moment and focus only on the things that matter to me and not necessarily the fans or the media but the, your success being defined by your own standards and yet we live in a nation as you well know that doesn't like that doesn't like losers and you you played in two cities uh the latter Philadelphia as you know they 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 boo Santa Claus in Philadelphia man they don't play in Philadelphia <laughs> you got you got you got to come with it in Philly I, I hear your point and yet uh, again we live in a society Malcolm that doesn't abide losers so however you define no. winning that ain't how they define it oh yeah well you know the the good thing is my standard is usually higher than anybody else right um, you know, I like, I, I talk about it in a book, you know, my dad, between myself and my dad, you know, Philly fans were easy to get along with because <laughs> I'm, bo- I'm booing myself just like they are. Like, they, they trust me, they're not harder on me than I am. Yeah. Uh, and so when you have a huge, you know, when you have a high bar, you're not afraid of like, you know, failure because mm-hmm. you know, even, even failing is going to teach you something to where you're trying to go. Right. Let me ask a strange question, uh, and you don't cover this in the book per se, but it's, 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 it comes to mind now that we're talking about it. Um, what would you say, uh, if I gave you the microphone, which I'm doing right now, 
What would you say to fans? And I don't mean to color that question anymore. I, again, we, we joked about the way they will boo Santa Claus in, in, in Philly. Philly wants they want winners, man. It's 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 a it's a a, a hard working blue collar city. They want winners in New Orleans, where you also played. Um, but just writ large, when you think about sports, and you you, you were out there for thirteen years as uh, as a professional in the NFL, what would you say? What are your thoughts about fans these days? Man, uh, you know, being on the outside of the game, mm-hmm. it's now and, and now being in the seat of a fan, it's actually it amazes me of how large the stage is. Mm-hmm. I don't think I really paid attention to like how much uh, the country wraps itself around sports, even yes. like football. You know, four nights a week in prime time, you've got football. You know, you've got all of these stadiums. There's so much the business around the game is so large now um that i don't think i realized that you know when i was on the field Mm -hmm. but i think it's it's one of those things where um the game is still the game like anything you do um whether you're in business you're in art you're you know whatever usually the task is always the same the stakes is what changes Mm -hmm. right so football is the same rules the same same field same everything from Pop Warner to the NFL. The only thing that changes is the money, the crowds, the people around the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it's it. I love it. Like not having fans out there in 2020 was a huge difference from an energetic standpoint and how the game was played. Mm-hmm. But I think the you know the growing fan base is just reflective of one the talent continuing to get better, the sport continuing to grow. We're learning more and more about the athletes. Uh, and so playing in specific cities like like Philly and New Orleans, you know, those are two of the best cities in the in the country to, to be in sports because they're blue collar cities that 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 uh, respect the idea of fighting hard and working hard, working as a team to achieve a goal. All of those things are reflected in the daily lives of those cities. Mm-hmm. So it's it's fun to kind of to, to be that manifestation on the field to reflect uh, the attitude of a city. Malcolm Jenkins' book is called "What Winners Won't Tell You." What winners won't tell you. Love that title. Um, as you as you look back on it, Malcolm. Um, aside from the obvious hard work, we we kind of talked about a bit about that earlier. Um, what would you say in retrospect allowed you to be a winner at so many levels? Super Bowl, Pro Bowl, first round draft pick, Jim Thorpe Award recipient, on and on and on. And you you know you 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 put yourself out there in New Orleans and in Philly. Both cities um, embraced you, and, and you embraced them in the work that you did. Um, but on the field, uh, on the gridiron, what is it you think, in retrospect, that allowed you to become a winner at all of these levels? Yeah, I think the 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 through line when I kind of broke down, you know, I go through high school and I'm thinking about my success in college, my success in the pro levels on on two teams. The thing that I see that connects all of them is really process. Mm. And I talk about this in the book a lot mm-hmm. is the ability to, you know, a lot of us, if we focus on just the end goal, right? Like, Hey, I want to win a Super Bowl, And that's all we think about. Then we never really take the actions to get there. Uh, and we lose, you know, we got to win 17, 18, 19 other games to get there in the first place. So the, you don't start with the goal at the end. You you work backwards into it, and mm-hmm. it's just being where your feet are, you know, at all times. So this week or this day, I'm getting better at this one thing. Mm-hmm. And tomorrow will be that next thing. Mm-hmm. And the ability to stay locked in on that process, that daily kind of habitual um, um, process, is what creates the results. It's not you don't show up on game day and 
turn on a switch. You've already prepared, you know, day in and day out. Um, each week you show up, you get better. Every year you show up, you get better. Um, you know, when you start to study people who have success, it's usually that process that mm. you see repeated over and over again. And now I'm at a place in life where I'm taking that same, you know, mindset and applying it to different things. This book came to fruition because I took that same mindset. Okay, I don't know how to write a whole book, mm. but I'm going to just do this one thing every day. And yeah. so, oh, I got a proposal. And then next thing you know, I have an outline. <laughs> and now I have a book. So mm. it's a very pragmatic approach pragmatic approach but it allows you to to stay consistent it allows you to to get a lot done over mm. time yeah. um and and you look up and you've had success now and consistently because you've got a process that you continuously repeat i love it it's the process i got less than two minutes here uh let me just do two things right quick one tell me a bit more quickly about how you navigated the down times you played 13 years you win the game uh, you win Super Bowl twice. Most folk never do that. But there are a lot of downtimes uh, during that that career. How did you navigate the downtimes? Yeah, the downtimes for me are usually the easiest ones to be motivated for. You know, it's like you lose, you get embarrassed. It's, it's easy to come back with some with some vigor. To me, it was always harder to deal or to to, to work and 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 stay motivated when things were up mm-hmm. after we won the Super Bowl. You know, when you're you're on a win streak and everybody's patting you in the back. That's when all of a sudden the motivations now are gone and you have to rest on your discipline. Yeah. And if you hadn't if you hadn't built up that that process of those muscles, all of a sudden you're wondering why you can't, you know, fall back on, you know, your talent and things like yeah. that. So for me it's it's always been about, you know, finding something that week to motivate you. So yeah. if you're doing well, you gotta find the thing that you're not that you gotta improve on. Yep. If you're in a bad streak, you got to find the one things you're doing, few things you're doing good, and build on those. But each week is going to be a different, uh, mm-hmm. different task. I got 45 tight seconds here left. Let me close with this: um, How will, how, 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 how are those 13 years on uh, on the NFL field informing the rest of your life? Uh, they they inform everything. I think it was, that in and of itself was a, a process that has now given me the language and, and pattern recognition to understand business, yeah. to understand leadership, to understand how to show up in community, to show how to convene people. It's prepared me for so many different things. Uh, and now, you know, the, my life is expressing, you know, that knowledge through these different verticals. Malcolm Jenkins is a bad man. His book is called What Winners Won't Tell You. What Winners Won't Tell You. Love the book. Love Malcolm Jenkins. Love all the, the joy he brought to those of us who watched him play for those 13 seasons. Malcolm, good to have you on, sir. All the best to you. Thank you so much for having me. Stay strong.